0: 7 o'clock, we started at 10. It's four more hours to go. You good? Yeah. <laughs> Told the kids' club everything's changed. Like Ruth said, you can learn something from everyone. We think the Russians are passionate, they're onto something. None of this one hour, 29 minute service <sighs> going to a whole new level of commitment, church. All right, so settle in. Yeah, it's all right, we've got pizza coming in at two, uh, and then afternoon tea at four. Uh, toilet break at seven and then just rolling on in all night prayer meeting yeah. I, actually this time praise god i didn't get invited to an all night prayer meeting bethany was with me last time three years ago i was there went to a prayer meeting and i don't know if we were told before we went if it was an all night i can't, i just remember it started at about seven or eight you know and that sounded normal but we prayed and prayed they sang they worshipped they prayed then and I, and after a while, I said to someone, they want me to preach, right? Yeah, 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 that's why you're here. Okay, good, you know. We get to like 10, 11, <laughs> like midnight, and I'm really, you know, like like I said, I'm like a 10 to 6 kind of person, you know. Look, Europe doesn't, Martin, you know what this is, Europe, Europe all, Russians particularly, but all of Europe, they, their life is like four hours later than mine, you know. <laughs> the shops aren't open. I, I go running in the streets. At six or seven in the morning, it's like a ghost town in in any European city. The, the shops don't open. it Sounds like everyone's kind of like, shops don't open till ten. They're open till like seven or eight at night. I go to bed at ten, and they're just on their third vodka or whatever for the night. You can hear the whole city. Oh, in Denmark, it's their seventh beer, and uh, you know that not all the Christians, but you know, but you hear the parties are just starting. Lives. Anyway, we go to this prayer meeting, and um, I think it like. One or two in the morning, I finally said, okay, if you want me to preach, it's now or never, okay? And I, I preached for like an hour, and then they just kept praying. And and I said, well, I'm, I'm calling it, sorry, God bless you, I'm going to bed. So I, I, we went home at about three, and uh, and they prayed. And then the next day, uh, the next night, some of those people were at another meeting we are preaching at, and I asked them, I said, what happened? They go, what do you mean what happened I go is this normal yeah, yeah it's a Friday night prayer meeting I go what well, but Saturday oh yeah I went to work you know they prayed till eight had you know breakfast somewhere and went straight to work and then there they were at another meeting that night and I don't know I mean Tony and Tony are just going so I mean that's how Tony wow. gets through life sometimes just you know, gets up at four, works in Sydney till eight, comes home, stays up to watch the Wallabies till three, goes to bed for an hour, gets up, does it again, you know, drops in at church on the way through for three hours of building work in the middle of the night. Anyway, come on. Um, I want us to um, uh, finish this series today that we've been um, doing on uh, the phrase, in him. Does that ring a bell? Have they been preaching on that? (laughs) We've been just going off on our own, just checking. So, in in the book of Ephesians, there's this phrase that appears. And of course, we're not doing an entire hexegesis of every scripture in Ephesians because we'd be here all year doing that. But we're just looking at the phrase that pops up throughout this book. And we see that in Him, we've been adopted uh, into His family. We've discovered that we're redeemed, we're forgiven. Uh, We have an inheritance. Someone hopefully preached about the fact that we're citizens of heaven. There's a phrase there that says we have access to the Father. We can boldly be uh, approaching God. Uh, And and so our, our life is all about being in Christ, in his love, finding our identity in him, not in something else. Finding our purpose in life, in him. And finding peace and joy and strength and victory and forgiveness and love and everything you need is found in Jesus, in a relationship with him. And I mentioned at the beginning, six weeks or so ago, when we started talking about this, um, Watchman Nee, the great Chinese author and uh, pastor and martyr, wrote a book, Sit, Walk, Stand, which was a a, a summary overview uh, of uh, the book of Ephesians, a, a study guide almost, and a devotional book, I should say, uh, better, Um, Sit, Walk, Stand, and it refers to the three great themes that you can see. The first couple of chapters of the book of Ephesians uh, talks about how we're seated in Christ, our identity in Christ, our position in Christ, and then the next uh, few chapters, uh, chapters three, four, and five, talks about how we walk out into our life, into the world, that position that identity that we have in Jesus and how that should influence our lifestyle our behavior our walk in life and then of course in chapter 6 there's a a powerful message about standing against the devil and uh, we're not looking at that in detail but um, the passage I want to look at this morning is uh, from chapter 4 and it's in the middle of that uh, uh, walking section if you like the the the, the, the passages that talk about the practical steps, uh, pun intended, of how we walk in Jesus, how we live our life um, as a true Christian. And so um, let's look from, let's read from uh, uh, verse 16 in chapter 4, um, or verse 17, verse 17, uh, and we read through to the end of the chapter. This is from the NIV, and Paul writes this So I tell you this. I insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. Now of course we're all Gentiles right? By race, most of us all of us perhaps non-Jewish people but in this case he's referring to the people who are still not connected into God's family. We all get grafted in like a graft into a tree. We get brought into the family of God when we believe in Jesus Um, and, uh, and yet his reference here is the people that aren't Yet, following Christ, right? So he says, you must no longer live as you used to, or as the Gentiles still do, in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding. They're separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life that you learned when you learned about, when you heard about Christ and were taught in him, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. So we're going to come back to verse 21, but let's read on. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and kindness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood. Speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, he must but must work brawling and slander along with every form of malice be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you so as I said look at verse 21 there's that phrase in him well some translations uh, say by him you were taught by him but the Greek word is most often translated in the New Testament in many more times than translated by because it really denotes uh, resting resting in someone or something and it's the same word that say is used in John 15 where it says abide in Christ live or remain in Jesus and so that's what we're talking about being in him and here it's being referred to as being taught in him and it says that the truth is in Jesus so let's have a think about what that means look at the context before he makes that statement, Paul outlines all the different ways that people live when they're not in Christ, people who are outside him. Uh, it says that they're ignorant about God, uh, our hearts are blind, understanding is darkened, people uh, live in sin, follow carnal desires. He talks about being infected by impurities that are in the world, but even within our own hearts. And then he compares that to the lifestyle that we are called to, to the lifestyle of the godly person. And he details throughout this passage a number of specific ways that our lifestyle should be different. And, um, and, and that's why in verse 21, that's all according to people who have heard about Christ, have been taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. In other words, when we're born again, that's awesome We receive salvation. We put our faith in God through Jesus. Wow, that's great. I enter into the family of God. But that's not the end. That's just the beginning. Because now there's some things to learn in him. So we've got a lot of learning, a lot of growing, a lot of improving, a lot of changing. And so that's, as I said, not the end. It's the beginning of being a disciple. A disciple of Jesus. Someone who is following, learning from, and serving Jesus and committed to doing that for their whole lives and that's the Christian life not just ticket to heaven and I'm going to worry and fuss like everyone else does like everybody else's lifestyle do things on my own in my own strength and you know and just hope that God you know blesses me and helps me when I die go to heaven but no 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 we've got this whole radical opportunity radically you know different lifestyle of learning from him of serving him of living with him and and notice that the truth is in him so truth you know when we're living with Jesus walking with Jesus resting in him then we're going to have access to truth and John fourteen six, Bible memorizes should know Jesus famously said I am the way the truth and the life he's the essence of truth he is the the embodiment of truth he's, he, he's the source of truth And so that means that If we're learning in him Learning from him And his truth And he is truth Then it means that He's going to give us The right ways to follow In life To, to make the right decisions When we've got a, a A fork in the road And a decision to make It means he's going to have answers To life's problems that we face that happens yeah it means that we there's nothing wrong about jesus there's nothing going to work out to be wrong if we follow him you're not going to go down that trail and go oh, oh, oh this was a mistake whoa wish i knew more about this guy when i started uh, i didn't realize there's nothing hidden about him there's no you know how you get to know people and then you find out they're not perfect you meet them you know, hey, Frosty, he's a nice bloke. Friend, oh, I'll wait till you get to know him. You know, <laughs> but but uh, but then, you know, and that's true of all of us. It's, you know, uh, you know, I mean, his, his wife discovered that. Took her some years, no doubt, because he's, you know, he's put his best foot forward. But any marriage or any relationship or any friend you make, you know, under the surface, oh, really, you know, there's a nice, no- hey, hey, he's a nice guy. I love him, but you know, this mate of mine, you know, he's hopeless at this or don't ask him to do that or, you know, but we still love each other and we have grace on that. But in Jesus, there's no disappointment. There's no point where you go, oh, well, I started following him and I thought he was offering this or like that or was going to be, but now I've discovered th- he's really let me down, you know, or he was a little bit shady, you know, this Jesus character. He's a bit, you know, he said on the way, the truth and the life, big Noting, you know, but I found that you know, he's actually not complete. No, no, he is completely who he says he is. He is the resurrection of the life. That is the truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You know, there's nothing hidden or dark or shadowy or false about him. And so that's kind of cool, isn't it? That you can rely on him, that he's absolutely truthful, reliable, right, pure. You know, this is the way to go. It's not like, oh, he was a helpful guru up to a point, or I picked up a few life tips, but you know, or I'm a little unsure, or maybe this other religion, I should have tried that one out. Or, no, 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 we've discovered the truth. This is the way to go. And so it, it makes life simple, not necessarily easy to live by the truth according to God's ways. As someone once said, you know, the Christian life isn't difficult, it's impossible. <laughs> but that's when we rely on God's grace uh, and, and so you know we we then you know find that he is completely uh, reliable, straight down the line, he's right, he's pure truth and so being taught in him or, or we could say learn you know learning from him means that we end up with a better life than we would otherwise live outside him or without him. So instead of living, a carnal, selfish, sinful life. We learn how to live according to the truth of God's word and God's ways. It means that we can overcome temptation rather than succumb to it. It means that we we find purpose and meaning in life rather than dithering around wondering what's all going on and what's this all about. It means that we can bring glory to God by serving him and have something that's got eternal consequences, rather than just living in the short term for ourselves, and seeking glory for ourselves. And so, and get this, when we live out the the truth of God's ways, we'll also find strength from him to help us do so. In other words, you might make a stand for what is right, and, and you're going to make decisions that you know are correct, but there may be some opposition. You might get a bit of pushback, a little bit of persecution. might not be politically correct to make that decision or to make that step, but God will strengthen you and you'll make the right decision regardless of peer pressure or whether other people approve or not. It's not, that, not to say that we're out to make enemies or that we're out to you know, be unwise or undiplomatic in our lifestyle or our witness, but if it comes to the rub, who are you going to obey? Who are you going to be concerned about? The fear of man, the Bible says, can be a snare. It can entrap people to not do what they should do, to not follow what is right, what is true. And so in Christ, we get a really good clear sense of, no, no, this is right. You know, I'm going to make that stand. I'm not out to offend people, but I am not going to do that. I'm not going to go down that track just because my mates are doing it or they're putting the pressure on me or whatever it might be. No, no, I know the truth. You know, I'm settled and I'm still going to be loving and gracious but I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that, I'm doing this. You know, There is a straight and narrow way and I'm going to follow that. And so this whole chapter, in fact many other times in the New Testament, there's this comparison between two different ways of living that we get to choose from. And uh, of course the source of our strength to live the right way is not ourselves deciding and determining to try and do the right thing. It's by grace. It's through faith. It's in Him, but we get to decide and determine whether we're going to follow the old self, the natural self, the sinful self, the ways of the world, or we're going to go with what Paul calls putting on the new man. Now, I preached about this a while ago. I don't know if it was this year or last year about how you know men, particularly, you know, we we like old shirts. Do you remember that? And we and we uh, you know we have this. T-shirt that is so familiar, he gets a name and it's got holes, so it's air-conditioned. Oh, we make all the dad jokes about that, you know. And then the rest of the family sort of wanted you to chuck it out and get a new one, and you know, and and that's a universal truth, by the way, because I preached that in Russia and there were people <laughs> reacting. The wives are like, "Yes, get rid of the boys." Going, "Yes, yes, we have this too, also," you know, and and um, <laughs> you know, they they all related uh, to. I, I, and I noticed I was wearing this T-shirt. In that photo, so I travel light. It's a bit smelly. Don't get too close. I've been wearing it for three weeks, but um, joking. Uh, but you know, it's it's true that familiar attitudes are like the old T-shirts, and they can be attractive and easy and reliable and and familiar to us. But they can be uh, adi- bad attitudes. They can be a, an identity about ourselves that isn't from God. Uh, that's outside Him. Uh, it's something that. You know the enemy, the devil, would like us to think about ourselves or our worldview, and they're they're old. They need to be left behind. And sadly, like the old T-shirt, there's a time to take it off and put on the new man, put on the new identity, put on the new attitudes. And we only get that in Him by positioning ourselves in Him, learning from Him, from from Jesus. And so, in Him, you find that you're not. Bound by guilt or sin or depression or bad attitudes or doubt and darkness and all this other stuff, but you're released to live in freedom. Freedom from all kinds of stuff and with joy and strength and love and victory and 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 you know, we see this when we travel. Like we've said, we're You're living with people all the time. Maybe you don't see dramatic changes because kids just grow gradually and we all sort of hopefully are growing more like Christ. But sometimes you hear a fresh story or someone that you haven't seen for a while and then you find out what's changed or you see some radical change. It's encouraging to see how people are growing in Christ and learning in him. And, you know, this message we're talking about, finding the truth in him. So, for example, uh, one church in St. Petersburg that I was in three and a bit years ago, there's a guy in this church who uh, is a businessman. And a few years ago, he was trucking along fine and he had a small business, was going okay. And he's very much in the church, committed and and uh, and living in him and growing in Christ and learning from Jesus. And he got, and because of that, because of that environment, you know, tithing and giving and learning and, being a good disciple in Christ in the church, he got a real God-given idea about um, it was outside the box of his normal business. But it was about uh, wireless technology and installing it into apartments and new buildings. And Russia's, uh, you know, got a lot of development. I mean, their economy's kind of up and down. You know, they got sanctions and stuff, so it's been tough. But they've still had they got incredible resources, so they've you know had a lot of development. Uh, and apartments and buildings. And so he got on to this, I don't know the details, but some way of installing, you know, different wireless devices and technology and stuff in houses and apartments and stuff. And so he, um, he got uh, the first year uh, the equivalent of $20,000 Australian, which, you know, some would live off in, in Russia. Uh, and it was okay. But the next year, he made five times that and the next year, he made 20 times the previous year. So he went from $20,000 one year, 100000 the next year, to $2 million the year after that. And it's just kept going at that level. In fact, now he's got contracts beyond uh, just apartments into the government, doing a hospital, a whole wireless network of IT stuff, and he's got offers to go overseas... And at the same time, when I was there last time, in the church that he's in, I felt to prophesy over the church, uh, they were renting and still rent a uh, a cultural centre, but quite a significantly big church, and I felt that they deserved their own building. I just prophesied, you'll have your own building. And in the natural, that seemed outrageous because they didn't have the means. They had a lot of people. The the old... uh, Babushkas in the prayer meeting. I mean, there's a few blokes, but it's often the ladies, the older, you know, they're great prayers, but they're not that well healed, you know, they're just faithful uh, people who don't have a lot of money. Uh, That was that photo you saw earlier, those people. Anyway, I prophesied you're going to get your own building, and then, you know, you carry. I come back, and then I hear about this businessman, and he's almost single handedly bought this great big block of land for them to build on, and by the end of this year, they'll have at least started or completed their building. Brand new, great, got an architect to design it all. And he's largely funded it. There's people giving, but of course they've only been able to give to a certain level. But this guy's been part of that solution for the church. All because he's just in him, learning in him and growing in Jesus. And uh, and that's pretty cool. Let me make a couple of final observations about this. You know, when it says... Uh, that you were taught in him, obviously to be taught means that we need to be teachable. and that's totally up to each of us, because Jesus can be the best teacher in the world, but if you 're a bad student, you'll learn nothing, you'll never grow and you won't change and improve. yeah And so I really find a constant checking of my heart and my attitudes, we should ask ourselves questions like, am I learning from this situation? Can I learn from this person? What am I learning out of this problem? Because you can go through problems, and you can meet people, and you can have all kinds of situations, you just don't learn from because you haven't got a teachable heart. And it's such a shame, and God's got a way of saying, "I'm going to give you another chance to learn that lesson." And You know, I've heard people talk about it going round the mountain, and then people and they complain and whinge and wonder why. And it's like, well, because God's trying to teach you the lesson that He tried so many times to teach you, and so we should learn from all kinds of stuff that goes on in life. And so I should ask, also you know in my conversation do i ask questions or am i doing all the talking because that's the reflection of a teachable heart if i'm asking questions more than saying my bit and then the heart's attitude is my heart soft is it open is it teachable or is my heart stubborn and set in its ways because hey i've learned enough i'm not learning anymore i'm just closed up shop and you know i don't want to be a student because we all finish school and that's the way it is well we're all in the school of life as they say we should be in the school of Jesus yeah Uh, and so and then the final thought is um, you know that we we learn in him in Christ and so look you can learn a lot of things about life outside Jesus and it's not all bad you can learn plenty of good stuff how to you know develop your skills and Have a great job and career and get on with other people and life skills and all that. But there's a a level of learning and living in Jesus that is above the natural realm of learning spiritual, supernatural, eternal, the ways of God, the ways of faith. And we learn when we're in the word, when we're praying, when we're soft, when we're open to him, when we're living in him And, and being a student in him and we we learn stuff that goes a little deeper than what we just learn you know from people or the newspaper or like for example traveling <sighs> you know you get a perspective on travel when you're in the Lord that is just deeper and richer because you know going off to Europe it seems fun when you don't going through the run of the mill day to day you know and you see a glossy brochure in a travel magazine in the newspaper or you see an ad and you go, oh, oh that looks nice, you know. <sighs> but then the reality is that it's just a long way to go and you're in airports and you're jet lagged and, uh, you know, it's all okay but it can wear thin a bit. And But if you're walking with God, if you're learning in him, there's a depth of the experience that goes beyond just the sightseeing you know like Ruth and I said we could probably handle two or three days max where you're just having a break in your sightseeing you know and you look at castles and museums and pretty sights and after a while it's like oh, yeah okay but we're we're hungry for being with people we want to minister to people we want to serve god we want to pray for people and witness to them and prophesy over them and preach and you know and that's that's when it's really exciting yeah. like you know that's that's when it's really rewarding you're being used by god and you're connecting with people and 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 so that's because you're being taught in him you're learning this is the deeper richer higher better way of of living and experiencing life rather than just Looking at things and living for yourself. And I'm not having a go at tourism because we all need a break and there's some great fun things to do and see. So go feel, you know, if you've booked that trip to Europe, Josh, don't feel bad. Go and have a good time, mate, you know, he's going to take off. But, but you know what I'm saying? There's just something that goes beyond just staring at stuff that is really engaging with the ways of God and connecting with people. And that's part of what we're talking about here. And so, um, it's, you know, and then you sense that blessing of. Of being a blessing for the lord and and for other people so there's I find it you know it's not so much uh, glamorous but glorious it, you know if you're traveling in the Lord the the glamour of the travel wears off but there's a glory because you you're bringing glory to God and serving people and serving him and loving people uh, and of course you don't have to travel overseas to serve God and be a missionary because we're all called a minister where we are yeah. In our daily life, right here, in our neighbourhood, in your workplace, in your school, your university, in your family. And so let's, let's walk in him. Yeah? Let's be disciples who are being taught in him, being taught how to live, how to live for him, how to live with him, how to love people, how to reach our world for him. Amen? Yeah. Praise the Lord.